you know, I was addicted to, to Oxycontin from 18 to 20 years old. I'm 33 years old, so I've been clean for you know, over 13 years. Welcome, Matrix members. And today we have an exciting episode with Daniel Blue. Daniel is a Forbes contributor and an owner of a seven-figure business called Quest Education. His company aims to empower people and provide more freedom over one's finances. He gives resources and provides education for individuals to maximize control over their money and provide their customers with world-class service. He is now officially a best-selling author. His book, Blueprint to Your Best Retirement, hit five different categories for Amazon's bestseller. Daniel went from having a daughter at 19 years old, being addicted to Oxycontin, and being a college dropout to owning a seven-figure business. With all the wisdom Daniel has from his life experiences, he is ready to give back. Check out yourquest.com to learn more on how to make, how to make your money tax-free pay off debt and get capital to grow your business and have more control over 401k and R IRAs. Welcome, Daniel. Welcome to the Organic Matrix. Hey, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here today. It's a true honor and privilege. Who were you before you became an entrepreneur? I grew up in California and um, just had a, a middle class growing up. Parents were uh, really awesome to me. Things changed when I was 12. My parents ended up getting divorced. My dad moved to Mexico. And that just left my mom and I to uh, kind of figure things out. And there was a lot of struggle, a lot of challenges financially over the years. And that's kind of when my life really started. They say, you know, you really can't control a lot of what happens to you. You just can control how you respond to it. So, you know, everyone listening, listening to this has had some kind of adversity, some kind of trauma, some kind of challenge that they, they happen, have to happen to them. And it's a matter of how you respond. And unfortunately, I responded in a negative way a lot as a teenager, as a young adult. And that led to some some poor choices that lead that led to kind of some 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 crappy results. But that's that's how we learn, right? You, your uh, your mistakes aren't what define you, but it's a matter of extracting lessons from those mistakes and then hopefully growing, right? Because no one wants to make the keep, keep making the same mistake over and over and over. So to answer your question, who I was, I um, I don't have this cool Gary Vee story where I was an entrepreneur out the womb and always dreamed of starting a business. I'm, I'm 33 years old today. I've been in business for four years and got into business really a lot based off of a competitive drive and a way to to give back to my mom to find a way for us not to be broke back to what i said earlier there was challenges for us financially in high school we lived in a hotel for a period of time so my mom is is the mvp in my in my life she was just a rock growing up and as I got older, I wanted to figure out a way, how can I make more money? And sales was something that I was able to find in my early 20s and made some decent money. And I wanted to find a way to help my mom the same way that she helped me. So I just took the path of uh, sales to sales management to, you know, being a big part of a company and, and then moving forward to, hey, I, I've been able to do really well at sales. I've been a team leader and I've managed sales teams. I've been a sales manager. I've been a number two at a company before. Let me try this business ownership game myself and, and see what happens. And that was four years ago. And, and here we are today. 
That's beautiful. And that's, it's inspiring that you turned all of your experience into lessons that pr provide you wealth and the people around you with your podcast and Quest Education in itself. Like you're definitely giving people a opportunity to change their circumstances. And I appreciate that you took that role for us. Thank you. I was going to say, it's been fun. What inspired you to become an entrepreneur? I know you had the sales experience and you were able to see that you were number two in a company. So did you see where you were, where you were and decided, hey, I could be number one? Yeah, ultimately, you get to a certain point where you think, okay, well, if I'm able to get these kinds of results as an employee, what would it look like if I started my own business? And there's more to that than just saying you want to be a business owner, right? There's ducks you have to get in a row, right? There's there's things you have to line up. And I did a lot of that in my early, my mid-20s. My early 20s, I made a lot of mistakes financially. I spent more than I made. I didn't have a good credit score. I wasn't really smart with my tax strategy. And because I made those choices, I, I essentially was broke financially. I made good money, but I spent more than I made. And that was in my early 20s. And then my mid 20s, I learned from those mistakes and I started to build my credit score, started to save. I started to spend more than what I was or spend less than what I was making. I was investing money, got a CPA and set up an LLC and got strategic with my 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 tax strategy. So now in my you know mid 20s, 25, 26, 27, 28 years old and I think, okay, well, I have the drive to start my own business. And then now I have the resources to invest and start into a business. I think it's always easier to start a business when you've been kind of planning ahead. And I definitely was planning financially without even knowing it, right? I used a lot of 0% credit cards to start my business. You know, there's, it, there's the old saying, it takes money to make money. And that's very true. Yes. Can you start a business with no money out of pocket? I'm sure there's models out there that work. For, for you to make that happen. But the path that I did, I did take, it did require money. So I think it's just a lot more manageable when you have some resources in place, but you don't magically just snap your fingers and have those resources on the table. It, it takes being intention, intentional with your choices. And, and you know I think it all starts with just spending less than what you're making. And so many people, including myself, for a long period of time, I was spending more than what I was making. And it's really hard to get ahead when you have that kind of lifestyle. Uh, was your was the experience of you gathering your finances and coming to these realizations did that contribute to you starting a business in educating people about finance? I would say really it was a concept that was spawned back in 2010, 2011. I was in the real estate space in the sales industry and I would hear about people using their retirement accounts to invest into real estate. And that was like just a big aha moment because at that time, I always knew that a 401k or IRA, you could never access penalty and tax free. You couldn't use that money to invest into real estate. The IRA or 401k money, you could just use to invest in the stocks and mutual funds. So this whole concept of using your retirement account outside the stock market, I thought I was fascinated by that. And I, I, I thought at that time, this is really cool. And most people don't know about this. And I want to get into this space one day. And that one day happened probably in 2014. I, I switched careers. I jumped into that space. I worked for a company for a number of years. Was fortunate enough to be surrounded by some really smart people. Self-educated a lot as well along the way. And just put in the time to really understand this craft. How 
there's trillions of dollars that's out there. People have saved a ton of money, their own blood, their sweat and tears they've put into saving this money. And they think that they can't access this money without being penalized and, and taxed. So it's not something that they think they can use. And that's a myth. They actually can touch this retirement money now and they can do it in a penalty and tax-free and use the money however they want, whether it's starting a business, whether it's investing in real estate, right? There's so many different cool things that you could use your retirement account for. And I just knew that this was something that more people needed to know about. And it was just something that I, I latched onto this concept. And, uh, you know, here we are today. That's awesome. And it's, it's incredible to think that you found, I wouldn't, I won't, I don't want to say a loophole because it's something that, you know, you found that can be done and it's not like trickery or anything. Um, but is, is this like knowledge that most accountants know, or is this like something like our audience would have to go to a, someone like you that specializes in this area to find out if they could use their um, personal accounts, their retirement funds? Yeah. So, you know, financial advisors and, and CPAs, you know, accountants, those are people that we, we get a lot of information from. So financial advisors, they're not going to talk to people about this because it doesn't make them money. If you've got this 401k or this IRA and they teach you how to use this money to start your business, to invest in your online business, to pay off high interest rate credit card debt, to invest into real estate, that doesn't make them money. They make money when your IRA or 401k money owns mutual funds or stocks. They get paid percentages based off of the amount of money that they hold for you, right? That they manage for you, right? So why would they teach you this concept? So that's why you haven't heard about it from Wall Street, from financial advisors. Accountants, CPAs, it's kind of hit or miss. You know, some accountants, some CPAs, they are aware of self-directed retirement accounts. That, that's exactly what I'm explaining right now is the concept of a self-directed retirement account is you're the captain of your own ship. You get to make the choice on where to invest your money or how to use your retirement account money penalty and tax-free. Is it paying off high interest rate credit card debt? Is it funding your business? Is it investing into a flip or a real estate property? You make that choice. So some CPAs, some accountants, they understand the self-directed retirement account world. Um, some CPAs, some uh, accountants, it's not something that they were ever exposed to. So really just kind of hit or miss there. Thank you. Do you offer services like around the country or worldwide? So all of these accounts are retirement account based accounts in the US. So all of our, our customers are in the United States of America. So we're in all 50 states. We've got uh, over a thousand customers. I'm not a financial advisor. Our company is not licensed. We don't sell investments. And that's really what I love about what we do. We just sell solutions. You know, people have some kind of problems going on, whether it's, you know, they want to start a business and they could use some capital or they want to invest into this real estate deal. And they like the idea of using their retirement account to fund the deal. Right. So we're just trying to figure out the tool of a self-directed retirement account. Is it something that can get you from point A to point B? And the self-directed retirement account, it's been around for decades. This isn't something that's brand new. It's literally have been around for decades and decades and it's IRS approved. It's not the one all end all be all, right? I think of a, a self-directed retirement account, just like an insurance policy, just like your 401k through your job, just like a real estate investment. It's just a tool in the tool belt. 
and they all serve a different purpose at a different time. So it's just a matter of understanding how these plans work and figuring out, is it something that appeals to you? And is it a vehicle that can help you create more wealth and accomplish your financial goals? And sometimes it's a yes. And sometimes it's just not the right fit. What advice can you give people listening that maybe want to start their journey on entrepreneurship, but they have no idea where to start? Because from what I hear is you're, you offer a lot of solutions but if someone doesn't, and it's a tool in the tool belt, but it doesn't solve all problems. So if someone's not sure on where they want to apply their attention, maybe niche out, they don't know what their niche would be. What, how can, what can you advise them on building a foundation for entrepreneurship if they're not sure where to start yet? I would focus on these two skill sets. I, I would focus on sales and leadership, no matter what product or service that you want to set up you have to know how to sell right you have to know how to create a conversation that's going to allow someone to pay you for your service right and sales is communication sales is negotiation sales is listening and asking the right questions so you're going to sell to the market or you're going to sell to your staff your team on the mission right so sales is just huge in, in any business. So there's a lot of sales books out there. Right? One of my favorite books is how to win friends and influence other people. That was a, an amazing book for me. So sales is, is something that I would really focus on. And then leadership, right? Leadership has a lot to do with, you know, being mentally tough and knowing how to take rejection and, and how to deal with failure because leadership starts with yourself. You, you have to lead yourself through adversity. You have to lead yourself to get to a point where you can lead others and get the most out of people and inspire people and motivate people. So I think one thing that you want to also take in consideration is just because you're good at, at selling doesn't mean that you can run a business, right? Selling and operating a business are completely two different things. And, and that's where leadership is going to come into play because you're going to recognize that you can't do everything. You're going to need to hire and delegate and empower other people to, to help you carry your mission. That was one of the biggest challenges I had when I, tried, when I started a business two years ago is uh, operating a business is way different than being good at sales. And I love that you brought that up because delegating is an art. And it's just like what Dale Carnegie said in How to Win Friends and Influence People. I love that book as well. It, it really shows that you like it's not about being a right fighter or how logical how much logic our direction has but if we want people to perform well we have to gift them like help them get to what they want to achieve and make partnerships that's what I, one thing i love the most about that book is nobody really works for us and we don't really work for people we work with them and that's when business thrives what are what are what are like what are three principles from how to win friends and influence people that you still use in business today? In order for people to be interested in you and what you're about and what you're offering, you have to be interested in them. And it can't just be BS, like surface level, kind of just sleazy. You're only being nice because you want something, right? It's it's gotta be genuine it's got to be organic and i think a lot of people forget about that 
right? It's, I, I do believe in reciprocation, right? If you are adding value to the market and, you know, being able to put, you know, good energy, good vibes out there and, and, and good content and good information and, and truly helping people and caring about people, it's, it's going to come back. So you can't just, you know, expect that you're going to get a bunch of leads or a bunch of sales or a bunch of revenue if you're not truly, you know, interested in other people. Absolutely. Do you think people are natural born leaders? I think there's skill sets that naturally other people have that they're they're born with. But no, um, I, I to be a great leader it takes environment, right? It takes a lot of learning. It takes a lot of mistakes. It takes a lot of ownership, accountability. So yeah, it's it's definitely something that you have to work at. What are some ways we can exercise our leadership skills? So I, I would think about putting yourself in a situation where you're surrounded by people that are ahead of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big proponent of masterminds, coaching programs, just being around people that are higher caliber and being able to see how they operate and how they lead. Because ultimately you can take the path of trying to do it yourself and not having a way of seeing something different. And all you see is just what you're doing and what you're doing just could be wrong. But unless you have other examples, other situations to compare and people that you can seek answers from, that that's how you can speed up the process. And that's how I, you know, I've been able to do what I've done over the last few years is I just try to put myself in rooms where these people have more employees than me. They have bigger revenues um, than, than myself. They're farther along in business. And that takes money and commitment to be in those kinds of rooms, but it's an investment in myself and, and how can I show up better for my team by learning from other people that have what I'm seeking. I think that's a beautiful answer. How, do you, how did you personally develop a strong mindset to do what you do? I think it's being aware of where you fell short owning up to your mistakes and then doing the best that you can to not repeat it. You know, you, you brought up earlier in, in, in my intro, you know, I was addicted to, to Oxycontin from 18 to 20 years old, I'm 33 years old. So I've been clean for you know over 13 years, the, or 13 years, actually this November, everyone has some, some BS they went through. Maybe you hurt somebody, you know, you made this really bad mistake. You just fell short. And it's really important that you're accountable for that. And you look at yourself in the mirror and admit that you fell short and how can you do better? Mm -hmm. And the problem with that though, is some of us are afraid to keep taking action because we don't want to feel short, fall, fall short. We don't want to feel defeat. We don't want to feel embarrassed. We don't want to fall flat on our face and see our friends and our family members see what we've done. And now you know, they're whispering or what are they thinking about me? So it's, it's really important that you are able to experience these times where you fell short and realize where you fell short and how you fell short and how you can keep moving because life's all about, you're just going to keep making mistakes, but hopefully the mistakes that you make are ones that you learn from and they're different types of mistakes because you put yourself in a different spot. You put yourself in a place where you're uncomfortable and, and that's where growth 
is, is able to come from is moments where you are uncomfortable. And the more you can do that, then the stronger your mind gets. Absolutely. I, I love that you mentioned being uncomfortable because it is essential to reaching that next level. And like another example of that is like your marathons, right? Like I bet when you first started running, did you think that you would be able to run 33 miles straight? Yeah, I mean, that, that's if someone is looking to in, improve their their mindset and get a stronger mindset, long distance running is definitely a, a way to improve your mindset because a lot of running is just mental, right? It's it's being tired, but still going. So yeah, I started my, my long distance running journey in uh, June of this year. My first run, I ran like three miles and I was just gassed. And I'm like, man, how, how am I gonna run 10 or 20? But you know, I just kept putting in the work and consistently showed up even when I didn't feel like doing it. And, uh, you know, eventually was able to build up my, my physical stamina, but then my mental strength as well to, you know, run 20 miles, and run 30 miles and run 40 miles. So yeah, it's uh, long distance running has a lot to do with uh, a lot of similarities with business. There's highs and there's lows. There's days you feel like Superman or Wonder Woman. There's days that you feel like you're worthless and you have a ton of doubt and fear, but you just keep pushing. There's days that you don't want to show up and do the things that you know you need to do, but you still know you got to do them, right? So there's a lot of similarities between business and, you know, personal life and, uh, you know, running long distance. I love, I want to highlight what you said. And you said some, some days you're going to be full of doubt and some days you're not going to want to perform. But I love that you said you still show up. Would you say that that's one of the, biggest traits of having the success that you have is having the discipline to show up when you feel like you don't and yeah yeah I mean I, I truly believe just being around people that make way more money than me and are a lot more successful than me in different areas of their life whether it's relationships health finance business and being around these people long enough to see hey here's this person that has an eight-figure business that dropped out of high school right I'm someone that doesn't have a college degree. I didn't grow up with money. Didn't, I don't have a family full of entrepreneurs and, and here I am in business. I'm still figuring things out and trying to get better. The, but the point I'm trying to make is the common denominator that I see in high achievers, people that are crushing it in business and life, they're people that have, like you said, a lot of discipline. They just show up consistently, even on the days that they don't wanna do it. And the reason why is because they're hungry. Right? They're hungry for success. They're hungry for more. And in order to achieve more, you, you have to show up, right? It's easy to think of something that you want. You want more money. You want a better relationship. You want a better business. Well, that's step one is to put that thought out there. But then how are you going to execute? And there's no one out there that every single day, very few people, I would assume, that every single day are doing the things that they want to do every single day and they are happy doing them, especially when you're in the phase of building, right? If, if you're building a business, if your business is a baby like mine, you know, my business is essentially a toddler, I'm four years in, right? You're, you're in the phase of you still have to do the things that you don't wanna do, but you still have to do them. And until you can get to a point where every single thing on your calendar is something that you wanna do and you're happy doing it, then until then you're, you're working towards that. So do you, do you ever, do you ever feel burnout? And if you do, like, how do you handle it? Man, I was actually having a conversation with my buddy yesterday. We, uh, 
I live in Las Vegas and we, we ran to the strip and the route we took was, was 34 miles. And we were like on mile eight and we were just talking and he works for a really big casino out here in Las Vegas. And um, his, his VP was just talking to him about feeling burned out. And my buddy is just like, man, you know, I truly believe that people that feel burned out is because they're unhealthy. They're physically unhealthy. They're mentally unhealthy. Like they're falling short in one of those areas. So to answer your question, burnout is real. However, I don't believe that burnout is because of one certain thing, like you just have a really stressful job. Okay, you have a stressful job and you're working 60, 70 hours a week. It's very easy to say you get burned out. But what are you doing with your other time, right? Like, do you have a hobby? How's your relationship with your spouse, your, your kids, your friends, right? Like, what are you doing with the time that you're not working? How's your sleep schedule? You know, are you exercising? So I believe that if you're burned out, it's you got to look at yourself in the mirror and, and you're just not showing up in a certain area of your life. And once you can address that, then feeling burned out is not there, right? So to answer your question, I... I can't remember the last time I got burned out, but I'm really strategic about just operating at a level where I don't burn myself out. Like I didn't check my email. I responded to your email, I think Friday, and I didn't check my email all weekend just because I just wanted to have a weekend where I just disconnected from work. And um, I just knew that that would serve me well. But then there's times where I'll work three weeks straight and, you know, I don't take a day off. Um, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm balancing out kind of that that schedule in the sense of I might have a week where I work a ton but I play soccer Tuesday nights I have date night with my wife I have date night with my daughter right so I'm just intentionally doing things to, to make sure I'm filling up my cup so I don't get burned out that's by far my favorite answer to that question I've heard yet and I agree with you in another interview I had a conversation about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and like performing in an optimal human state would be self-actualization in theory right and I feel like once most people get to self-actualization, we, we tend to stay at that, that kind of high and that euphoric bliss of creating and momentum that somewhere along the line, we neglect one of our basic needs. And then one of those steps give away and we kind of crumble down, have to like recreate that routine again to get back to self-actualization. And I completely agree with you that burnout has to do with some like not showing up in an area of life and it could be with nutrition like a lot of people take for granted how much our nutrition influences our mental state our motivation and our ability to perform because uh like for example a high stress job a high stress job could be very rewarding if we're doing it well if we're if we're getting the results that we're looking for but if we don't have the material for our brains to create the hormones and the signals necessary for us to feel that reward, then I could see where burnout could take a toll. And a lot of people may think, oh, maybe I need more rest, but perhaps they need to reevaluate where they're not showing up in their self-care or in their personal life. So I love how you approach that question. And I hope that this, this could have people our listeners ask themselves the right questions if they are feeling burnout yeah it's uh 100 on you and a controllable 
that uh, you know you can manipulate, like you said, whether it's your nutrition, how you're showing up in relationships, how you're sleeping, just all that kind of good stuff. When you were early into your uh, entrepreneurship, like when you were in the developing phases, how did you help yourself control limiting beliefs or um, get over those obstacles? So I still deal with limiting, limiting beliefs. Right? I don't care how rich you are, how far along in life you are, you're always going to have some kind of limiting belief, some kind of fear, some kind of imposter syndrome. That's always going to be there. What's really important, though, is you just acknowledge that's what it is. And you take action to limit how that influences you, right? Think about imposter syndrome or limiting beliefs as just a voice, right? We all have that voice, right? You say you're going to go to the gym or exercise. And then when it's time to actually do it, you're just like, yeah, I don't know, right? That's just your the, the, the voice in your head that's just telling you what not to do, right? It's like, you know, good and evil and all that kind of good stuff, right? So we just, we just have different voices in our head. Um, we're all crazy, right? I don't care who you are. So I think one, it's important to just acknowledge that, but then two, what are you doing to hinder that voice? What are you doing to suffocate that voice? It's never going to go away, but how are you limiting that voice? And what I found that works for me, and I know other high level people utilize this. So I know it's something that works is just following through with the things that you say you're going to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you can keep your promises that you say to yourself, I'm going to read 10 pages tomorrow. I'm going to go on a date with my partner uh, this week. I am going to, you know, do my, to take care of the weeds in my backyard. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to have that one meeting with my, my employee, or I'm going to send, I'm going to create a video for my Facebook page. Like if you say you're going to do something and then you do it, immediately you build some self-worth, right? Because your, your, your mind is like, okay, cool. You did what you said that you're going to do right on like that. That makes me feel good. Right. And if you just keep doing that constantly, consistently every day, every week, every month, then your confidence just builds up. Your self-worth just builds up. And then the more confident, the more swag that you have, then the more you're just going to be able to suffocate that fear to reduce, again, not eliminate, just reduce those, those limiting beliefs. I think that's perfect. And I love that you said reduce because it's true. It never goes away, but we get, we get better at dealing with it, right? Can you tell us about the Quest Education's origin story? Yeah, so I worked for a company for a number of years and then um, just thought, you know, I want to have my own show. I want to be the captain of my own ship. Mentioned to you earlier that, uh, you know, I had the finances in place. I used a lot of zero percent credit cards. I sold some of my stock and then just went all in and, and started this business. And I like the word quest because I believe everyone's at a different point in their life, their own financial quest. So it's a matter of just understanding where people are in their journey and how can we help them get to their destination a little quicker, more efficiently, you know, utilizing a, a self-directed retirement account. So, you know, I've been blessed to have some some awesome people along the way help me out. We've got uh, about 13 employees that, that work for us and we've been able to change a lot of people's lives, you know, people that come to my head. Um, you know, we had a gal here recently that left corporate, wanted to start her own business. She needed about 20,000 to fund her online business. She didn't want to borrow money from the bank. She didn't want to use money in her savings. 
She liked the idea of using money in her retirement account to fund her business. So we showed her a way for her to access the money in her retirement account penalty and tax-free. She took the $20,000 out of the plan without paying penalties and taxes. And then she used that to buy the product and the inventory for her online business. And uh, now she's working from home full-time, has her online business that's kicking butt. And a part of a big part of how that happened was you know, using the power of a self-directed retirement and doing some of the things that I've, I've mentioned to you. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. There's still growing pains, right? There's still mistakes. It's a lot of testing, right? Figuring how things work out along the way, operating a business because, you know, there's marketing, there's operations, there's the finances, there's building a culture. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm learning just like everyone else and trying to figure out, you know, how, how we can make this thing special. What steps do you take when, uh, when a client enrolls into your program? Um, well, they have uh, a team that walks them through everything. So we have an education, a sales team that explains, you know, how all these plans work. And then once we get their accounts um, set up, they're on the phone with our fulfillment team, our processing team, getting everything in place, the account paperwork, all the, the operational sides of things. So once we get the plan set up, we'll help them take their 401k from their old job or their IRA, get it moved over into the self-directed plan with us. And then from there, we, uh, you know, we're, we're there to be the, the customer's quarterback. You know, whatever play call they want to run, we help facilitate it and try to take as much as the paperwork and, you know, the kind of the admin burden off of their shoulders so they can focus more on, you know, their, their lives and their businesses. And, and we could be there in the background, you know, making things uh, easier. That's lovely. What kind of education does Quest provide in regards to financial literacy? So. Um, I know you said that you you guys function like a quarterback helping the client. Do you also teach the client, um, you know, about about financial literacy so that they could understand what's going on if they didn't have you around? All of our financial literacy is based off of retirement accounts. So IRAs, 401ks, self-directed retirement account plans, anything and everything retirement account related, you know, we're, we're, we're there to provide some, some education. Um, there's some things that we don't specialize in, right? Like an estate plan, um, setting up an LLC, investments, you know, we don't specialize in those or, or sell those. Um, but we do have an amazing network of, of companies that, um, that, that we've, we've worked with in the past where if, if a customer comes to us or it just happens in the conversation, they need to update their will, their estate plan, we can just refer them out to this company or you know, maybe they need some help with an investment with their retirement account. You know, we can refer them to an investment company. So not everything that we do is, is in-house. We, we try to stay really, really good at what we do and remain in our lane. I love that. And I love that you have people that you can uh, refer others to. It's it's great to have like a network, especially if a client builds trust with you. And if our listeners love what you're doing, I bet that would make them feel more at ease in what direction they're going in. Let's say somebody wants to uh, approach, approach Quest, but they don't know where they would like to invest their retirement plan. W would that be an area your team can help them uh, navigate? Yeah, for sure. It's just a matter of understanding their goals and what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, if, if we're not personally able to help them out, then, uh, you know, definitely some people that we know in our network, um, you know, we're more than happy to make introductions because we just believe things will just come back full circle. I love that. What are some of the benefits clients will have if they decide to work with you? 
access your retirement account penalty and tax-free, right? Like that's, that's the big problem in the marketplace that again, there's trillions of dollars worth of money that's tied up. And these people believe that they can't access their, their savings, their retirement penalty and tax-free. So if, if you like the idea of accessing your retirement account penalty and tax-free, and you want to use that money now to do things like start a business, invest in real estate, pay off high interest rate credit card debt, then you know there's a good chance that we can help you. What are your top three financial habits to stay on track? Just, I would say just personally, you know, have a really good credit score. You know, life's just more challenging, more difficult, more expensive if, if you have a weak credit score. So just understanding what builds credit, what increases a credit score, what makes a credit score go down. I think that's really important for people to have, no matter if you're in business or not, no matter what your age is. Number two, spend less than what you make. I think that's that's really important because you're not going to be able to do the things that you want to do if uh, you know you're you're all over the place financially. And then now, number three, I would have some some kind of entrepreneurial activity going on, right? Some kind of side hustle, some kind of business venture that you have going on because it's a, it's a great time to be alive. There's a, a huge marketplace out there and there's people that want what you could sell. It's just a matter of you figuring out what that looks like. Yes, I love that. And congratulations on becoming a best-selling author. Can you tell us about your book? Yeah, it's called Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. It's a, a book that teaches you how to access your retirement account penalty and tax-free. Also teaches you how to make money tax-free. You can pick it up on Amazon. You can grab a hard copy. You can get the Audible version. So the premise of the book is just nice, easy, simple to read. I wanted the book to not be really complicated or boring. I wanted it to be just a lot of facts and a lot of takeaways that people can just have with, with reading the short book and then be able to be done reading that book and, and take some action and, and hopefully see some results. Yeah. Hey, Daniel, are you ready for rapid fire? Let's do it. Yes. How does your average workday look like? It really depends on, uh, I mean, that's the beautiful part about being an entrepreneur is um, you kind of set your own schedule. My morning is typically the same. It's the gym, some reading, walking the dog, hanging out with my wife a little bit. And then the rest of the day is just really dictated by what's on my calendar, right? If it's not on my calendar, it's it's not going to get done, right? So I'm, I'm pretty disciplined with, you know, what's on my calendar and the purpose of that time. So um, I try to be home around six o'clock at least to have dinner with the family. And then uh, I'm in bed by about nine o'clock because I get up about 5 a.m. If you can go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say just in, embrace making mistakes and learn from those those challenges, right? Because I think a lot of people are just so afraid of of failing and you don't really fail unless you quit. So they're just afraid of making mistakes and trying something new and doing something that's out of their comfort zone. So, you know, I, I wish I would have done more of that growing up. What do you think the world will look like in five years? I think there's going to be more automation. I think there's going to be a, a need for more services out there in the sense of people have an appetite for different things, for speed, for great customer service, a, a really solid delivery. So I, I think, you know, businesses in the service space that can provide a really good experience, client experience, delivery, I think they're going to be in a good spot. So um, I expect there to be some kind of recession 
correction in the market here in the next few years. So I think that's always a good time to just kind of reset and reevaluate things. I like the way that you you stand in power with it. Like a lot of people are like, oh no, recession. But I like that you you uh, you find a good position for yourself to adapt and and I hope that encourages everyone else to prepare because that's the best thing that we can do. For sure. Thank you so much for your time, Daniel. It's been great speaking with you and I look forward to following your journey. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show for for people that want to you know, check out my podcast, How Winners Win, or check out my book, or just learn more about how you can access your retirement account penalty and tax-free. You can just head over to danielblue.me. It's a Daniel Blue, just like the color, dot me, dot M-E, and uh, just a, a bunch of free information for you there. That's, that's, that's like my hub. So that has a link to Quest Education. It has everything there, like all my socials, you know, my podcast, my course, my book, uh, all that good stuff. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you found value in our content, please tag us on social media with your insights. All feedback is welcomed and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website, organicmatrix.net, and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great having you with us on the Organic Matrix show. We will be seeing you on the next download. If you're interested in working with Daniel and his team with Quest Education, make sure to bookmark his website, danielblue.me. If you would like to follow Daniel's journey, his social media links will be in the description below.